This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am your host, Dave, the rave that all the ladies crave. And you can go check me out on Twitter at Dave the Rave underscore MO. But more important than me is, of course, the podcast. Support the podcast because we are about unity and friendship and family. So support us as a whole. MarkingOut.com, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Go buy a t-shirt. Go check us out on YouTube. Go like us on Facebook. Go follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut, at BTTG161, at ChrisWingDog, at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Also, make sure you check us out on Twitch and Instagram and every other thing that you can find us on because you know how to find us, so find us. Hey, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Hey, I'm doing uh doing pretty uh good. Pretty How was your good. week? My week was good. It was very very long, but very very busy, but very very quick. So, very grateful that it's the weekend. Uh this weekend's going to be crazy. I have to, uh we have for Final Frontier a Mega review, so going to be working the class online. We have five hours on Saturday and five hours on Sunday, so it's going to be a long weekend. Some some might say the WrestleMania of Final Frontier. <laughs> I love it, and I kind of may have to start to say that because I'm like, I do a lot of the hype stuff at times, uh, so I may actually have to say it's the WrestleMania of NPTE Final Frontier. Check us out, NPTEFF.com <laughs> if you're studying for your physical therapy board exam or PTA exam. We're here for you. But what about you? How's your uh week going? Well, it was long like you said. Um but I mean I not because I mean because of wrestling. 100% because of wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. I, I, I know I said last week that I was going to cover AEW and Impact this week. Um I just figured there was too much WWE side to cover the others. But hey. Yeah, I ordered some custom T-shirts this week. Nice. After, did you get after, my face on one? I did not. Oh, uh, you swerved me. I thought for sure you did. Finally, my face is on one of them. But <laughs> can I get one with your face? Um, I mean, I technically we, you could. Which one did you get with your face? Uh, so I have been sitting on these designs for years. And the website that I used to order custom t-shirts sent out a link for 15% off and they never go above 10. So I'm like, how could I not take advantage of this? Mm -hmm. So I ordered an Oliver and Company inspired one. A Bruce Springsteen inspired one. An Eric Rowan inspired one as well, and then a parody of Becky Lynch's The Man shirt that says the brand with my face <laughs> instead of her logo. <laughs> That's the one that I would wear. 
that's the winner right there. Why yeah, don't we so, put these up on Pro Wrestling uh, Tees? Nah, that's, that's all right. Why, dude? That's money. Mm. People want shirts with Brandon's face on it. I'm sure. but I I'm, guarantee I'm, you, I'm Montreal Broski would definitely rock that. Yeah. For sure. Um, but I also went to Carvel for the first time in months. How was it? Uh, it was, well, okay, so they announced, I think, either the day before or on April Fool's Day that they were going to be releasing limited edition Crunchies cereals. And the only way you could get it is to order a Crunchies Sunday uh, Dasher at Carvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that definitely intrigued me. Cereal made out of Crunchies definitely intrigued me. So... I went and got the Crunchy Sunday Dasher, which I have to say I don't like hot fudge at all. But I figured I would get it with the hot fudge because I'm not going to change what the actual item being sold was. Mm-hmm. So, oh, outside of the, the hot fudge, uh, I enjoyed it. But I didn't realize how tiny the box was going to be. It's... Two ounces. Oh, wow. That's not even a full bowl of cereal. Yeah, that's tiny. And I'm not seeing a difference between the cereal and the crunchies. Like, to the point where I think they're the same thing, and it's just like... Marketing. Yeah, you're going in there for the the dasher, and you get a free mini box of crunchies in a cereal box while supplies lasts. Interesting. Um... Which they're already selling on eBay for around 30 bucks. That's crazy. The Dasher itself was only like 7 bucks, so... That's, that's, a, that's a pretty big uh, increase, yeah. But outside of that, just pro wrestling this week. Wrestle, WrestleMania, sports entertainment. Yeah, talking about sports entertainment and WrestleMania. Let's discuss <laughs> WrestleMania! It kicks off with the brand new Then Now Together Forever intro video with uh, new quotes and everything. The last one didn't have quotes. This was, uh, I think, 10 years ago had quotes, but there was there was no kickoff show match. Thank goodness they listened to us. No, especially for a live crowd. This was the first pay-per-view... Uh, I think since WrestleMania 28, that build one, like that build it as a kickoff show. I believe every pay per view since WrestleMania 28 had a kickoff show. And the and the last WrestleMania without a kickoff show match or a dark match was WrestleMania 20, which is crazy. But, you know, I'm all for it. I'm not a big fan of kickoff show matches anyways so get rid of them um that has to be a peacock thing hey thank it's you bizarre, peacock. especially because peacock is like what kickoff show yeah we don't know pe- what you're talking about the bump is our kickoff show no it's not i watched the pay-per-view <laughs> no it's it's the bump don't question old dandy <laughs> But the whole roster started out WrestleMania on the stage and Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon welcomed everybody back, all 25,000 plus fans back to WrestleMania. 
Very fitting, and, having everyone out there. Yeah, uh, including people who we have not seen in a, in a bit. Gender. Yeah. He I marked out seen, for Gender Mahal being there. I think he was last seen, I think it was January when they did that, the spectacle. Yeah, it was a long time. And unfortunately, he got hit with, like I think, knee injury after a knee injury. But no, he was, I think he's just been sitting there good to go. I think because he's been he good wrestled. to go. He wrestled at that Indian show. Yeah, but before but before that, he was out for a long time because of yeah. his knee surgeries. Right. So we go into BB Rexa and Jinju performing America the Beautiful, which was awesome. And they go into this huge video package with a Johnny Depp knockoff voice. And immediately into a 40 to 50 minute weather delay due to thunderstorms. Yeah. Which they fluffed it up with interviews. Shane McMahon, Bobby Lashley, MVP, Drew McIntyre, New Day, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, Bianca Belair, Miz Morrison. uh, Which I thought was an interesting way to fill time. Braun. I, I, I mentioned if, Braun, but I don't know if I, you said Braun. But what did you think of the? I mean, obviously, it's. I believe that these were impromptu. I would know, have to assume so. And no I, script or anything. So, what's your take on the impromptu as compared to? I enjoyed normal? these. I thought they were fun to watch. Hmm. Did you not? I don't know. There were some that was like really good, and some that just seemed like really weird. Like I mean. I don't know. It just seemed at times where, like, you even have during Kevin Owens, like, the entire mic. Uh... Oh, gosh. That scared the heck out of me. <laughs> that really did. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Also, it still sucks that Peacock was a full, like, two minutes behind. Was what it? It should have been, yeah. I didn't even know that. Um, I thought... They could have for sure put like our truth there with like a twenty four seven championship segment. Well, I mean, he was included in that commercial. Yeah, but all they did was air that Old Spice ad, and it's yeah, like, the Old Spice. But it was just that. There was no title change mm-hmm. or anything. There was nothing to that. There was no like chase. Unless yeah. there, unless it was the thing on the YouTube channel, which I did not see. I don't even. I, I went to WWE's anything. YouTube page. I don't remember seeing that, though. Mm-hmm. But WrestleMania kicks off finally after 40 to 50 minutes. They were out there with ponchos. God bless them. Um, the commentary team before yeah. before they got the clear. Which is crazy. I, I, I tweeted this that um, when I went to see Garth Brooks at Yankee Stadium, it was supposed to start at 8 p.m. It did not start until 12 a.m. Due to oh, a man. rain delay, a thunderstorm. I, yeah, I was going to say I would, would have left, but it's Garth Brooks. Yeah, no, I was there. For, like, it would have been nice for them to, like, update us, but I was there 100% for that experience. I was soaking wet because the whole field had to go underneath the, the overhang. That left me, somebody who was in the, the 100 section, with nowhere to go. Yeah, I mean, I there's no better concert than Garth Brooks. There's a reason why he's always entertainer of the year. I mean, I wouldn't say... I mean, there's definitely shows that are are up there with Garth Brooks, but I definitely enjoyed the hell out of Garth Brooks, yes. You know, for his... I thought that he puts on a better concert than Tim McGraw. 
Um, like, I mean, this... You've seen Gar- Tim McGraw? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw him with... Um, who's his wife? Faith Hill? N- no. Is that right? Yeah, it Faith, is Hill. Faith Hill. <laughs> that wasn't sounding right. Yeah, Faith Hill. Yeah, I saw them uh, perform. And I honestly, Garth Brooks, the way that he gets on stage and he runs to the left of the stage, to the he owns that stage. He doesn't stay in one place. He plays to every single audience member. Incredible. But, it's funny because when you said Tim McGraw's wife, I was like in my head picturing uh, Trisha Yearwood. And I was like, that's, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I wanted to say Trisha Yearwood, but I knew it wasn't Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, that's so Garth Brooks' wife. I, I, where, where, when did you see? You saw them on that the tour, like somewhat recently, then, right? Um, when did I? I see don't them? remember you seeing Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. I went to a Tim McGraw and Faith Hill show by myself because um, nobody wanted to go. I think I saw them in 2016, 2015 or twenty sixteen. Yeah, so probably the same as me. Yeah, yeah, probably. But WrestleMania kicks off. You saw them upstate, though, right? Yeah, I saw them at uh, in Albany at the Times Union right. Center. So WrestleMania kicks off with WWE Hall of Famers, Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan to welcome everybody. They had a uh, a really cool 3D skeleton above the ring or above the arena, I should say. Mm-hmm. A stadium. I hate it when people call those things arenas. <laughs> First match of the evening, though, we saw Bobby Lashley retain the WWE championship i had to think whether or not it was universal for a second over <laughs> drew mcintyre geez i'll get there what um, did i i mean you went into this match and then you there was a lot of people that thought maybe this was going to be mcintyre's moment that he should have had last year at wrestlemania in front of a crowd his winning the championship this could have been his moment in the in front of the crowd and wwe's like Nope, not going to happen. And I'm actually a fan of that. I'm a fan of that Bobby Lashley picked up the victory. Yeah, I I don't mind McIntyre losing this match. I thought the match went on longer than... I wasn't expecting it to be that long. I I was surprised that McIntyre passed out to it. Yeah, after... I mean, Lashley kicks out of the three Future Shock DDTs in a row. And then he... he Locked in the hurt lock and and McIntyre passed out. And if McIntyre only stayed on that rope, you know, he kicked off of the rope. Yeah. But it didn't, I mean, should that have been a rope break if he touched the rope? I don't know how those things work. Nah, none of us do. We're not. But it was almost a a 20-minute match, which is insane. Wow. After that, though, we saw Titus O'Neil backstage with the NWO. And Bailey cuts them off. And none of them would too sweet her, and then uh, X-Pac finally did, and then Scott Hall did. So it was nice to have Bailey included, because up to that point, we were just, like, in the dark completely of where Bailey would be. And Bailey, I think, from all of the segments that she has had on WrestleMania, she owned it. Yeah. You know, for someone that wasn't booked for a match, she did fantastic. Yeah. Uh, after that, though, we had our tag team turmoil match. We saw Team Bad and Blonde and uh, Billy Kay and Carmella start the match, which oh, surprised man. me that Billy Kay and Carmella moved on. Yeah, well, I mean, 
And I, I love about that Carmella helped Billy Kay hold the pin. I like that too, but something I didn't like was, unfortunately, on that entrance, we had a wet ramp and Mandy Rose wipeout. Yeah. But, I felt, uh, I felt I, so... She was... She was a good sport about it. Randy Orton poked fun at it on night two. Yeah, he which did. I thought was funny. That was pretty funny, you know. And I, I, I felt so bad for her, but the fact that she was able to take it in stride and everything like that, I think that really helped it out. Yeah, you know. We saw Carmella try to hold Billy Kay in the pin again for the Riot Squad, but the referee saw that and they eventually lost. Um. And Carmella attacked Liv Morgan afterwards. And then we saw Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke come out. Which, this is where they had some goofy gimmicks happen. And they end up losing the match where the they announced that uh, the Riot Squad actually defeated them. Or, or actually lost or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then finally we see Tamina and Natalia come out. Great super kick sell by Liv Morgan, I think. Uh, we saw a heart attack, tease the sharpshooter, but then she drops it and maybe on the fly calls Tamina to get that moment. Fans were going nuts for, for Tamina at WrestleMania. Hits the Superfly Splash to win uh, yeah, There's a first time for everything. Two. Yeah. First Next up, we saw everything. Cesaro pick up the victory over Seth Rollins, who has a new theme song. Not... Uh, not really sure what I think about that just yet. But yeah. as far as the match goes, great match. Yeah, this match was excellent, you know. And uh, this was Cesaro's first singles wrestling match on WrestleMania. And it was a victory, you know. And it was cool. We got to see the UFO, which I still don't know when else we saw the UFO like that. WrestleMania 36 was the only other time. All right. Against so- Drew Gulak. All right, so the only other time we saw the UFO, but in we also, WWE, yeah, in WWE, um, we saw everything else was incredible. The end of the match was awesome. I liked um, um, the uh, the superplex and Falcon Arrow. I feel like we have not really seen that recently from Seth Rollins. I don't so know. I'd pop for that. I think uh, we, we saw see we saw Discus Lariat from Cesaro. I have to assume that's a tribute to Luke Harper. Possible. Possible. Um, given how close they were. There was a cool corks, corkscrew uh, splash from Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, in regards to the UFOs, I believe they said 23 rotations. Yeah. And then he hit a, a neutralizer to, to pick up the victory there. I still hate fans during the swing. They're not At least commentary rotations. was calling it correctly. Were they? Yeah. They were they counting the actual count rotations. instead of swings. Rotations. Yeah, but uh, after that we saw the Dirty Dogs get interviewed backstage where I swear to God I thought it was going to lead to a match. And it just fooled you. was kind of pointless. It didn't do anything. Yeah, they had their match on Friday Night Smackdown last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still nice to see, I guess, uh, the Dirty Dogs included there. We had the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line, and new champions, AJ Styles and Amos, picked up the victory over New Day. Um, 
Big E rejoining uh, New Day as a group to introduce them, I thought was great, especially mm-hmm. for the fans. So that was yeah. nice to, to hear. Yeah, that was a see. nice moment. Um, Amos, though, really, really cool to see him wrestle. Yeah. That, that claw backbreaker that he did was cool. We saw AJ Styles hit a, a phenomenal forearm off of Amos's shoulders. Yeah. And then Amos hits that like huge sky high double choke slam move. I don't even know what to call it to end the match. And AJ Styles becomes a Grand Slam champion in WWE. I believe the only person to become Grand Slam champions in both TNA and WWE. Wow. That's pretty after impressive. That, yeah. After that, we saw Braun Strowman defeat Shane McMahon in a cage match. Again, this was the only set, uh, the the only the second cage match in in WrestleMania history. We had Jerry Lawler on commentary for this for some reason. Yeah, I didn't understand where he made sense for commentary on this. But I guess they were just trying to fit as much as possible into WrestleMania uh, mm-hmm. commentary wise, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we saw Jackson Riker and Elias get involved beforehand. They introduced a chair. Braun Strowman rips it away from them. Uh, didn't get to use it, though. Shane pulls a piece of the cage off to use. And he used a, a toolbox as well. And when Shane McMahon was climbing down the cage, you think there's absolutely no possible way he could lose there. Until he Braun makes Strowman, such a... He makes a mistake. Why would you reach into the cage and just go for the wave? <laughs> Braun Strowman grabs him, rips the cage open, drags him back in, eventually tosses Shane McMahon off the top of the cage, and hits that power slam to win. And yeah. a lot of people complain about why is Shane McMahon on WrestleMania? I enjoyed this match. I agree with you. you it know, was an innovative I, spot in the cage match that we've never... I don't think we've ever seen something like that before. Mm-hmm. No, I thought it was an awesome match. I thought it was fun. We got to see that huge bump of Shane getting thrown off the top of the cage, too. After that, we had Michael Cole, I believe, and somebody else, I forget who, was going to introduce the Hall of Fame Class of 2020. Bailey interrupts it with a ding dong, which scared the heck out of me there as well. <laughs> um, and like you said, she really, despite not having a match on WrestleMania, she really, I think, shined on on WrestleMania. Yeah. Next was a very impressive match with Booker T on commentary. Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Picking up the victory over John Morrison and The Miz. The entrance, first of all, they have bunnies coming down to the ring, which that song is stuck in my head. I don't know what it is. It was like a production piece. And then Miz and Morrison performed Hey Hey Hop Hop Live, which I popped for. I didn't pop for that. I thought it was a crappy entrance. I I enjoyed it because I like the song. I mean, I'm not... Like against the song, I just didn't think it was a good entrance. It, you couldn't really even hear them. 
Yeah, you couldn't, you really couldn't hear them. But they had the backing track was the actual track that they were just like singing over. Yeah. But not really singing over. Bad Bunny, though, came out on his truck, which I swear to God would have been Becky Lynch's entrance last year. But it was incredible. We saw Bad Bunny wipe his feet and get into the ring. He used the tag rope. I marked and over he started the match. The tag rope. He was yeah. the one that started, and he impressed me the whole time. I agree. I wasn't expecting him to suck, but I wasn't expecting that much from Bad Bunny. Yeah, I thought that he was going to do okay. I didn't expect him to do anything great, but he was the I he was the talk of the night. You know, the guy did amazing. He did a Yoshi, uh, he did a Canadian destroyer. A, a bunny but, destroyer, man. Yeah, bad bunny destroyer. He did the the flying crossbody from the top rope to the outside. Yeah, which uh, was the we saw that at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, we saw like Falcon Arrow. arrow yeah, with, the uh, the dual Falcon arrows. I thought like I would never expect that to have happened and I I appreciated this whole match. Yeah, and he the got... The Doomsday crossbody to pick up the victory. And his selling was good, you know, for a beginner, his selling was good. And, you know, he got a huge praise from, I think, the entire locker room. Randy Orton put him over huge. Yeah, yeah. So... I also, I, I popped at John Morrison hitting the Spinneroonie in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody posted a, a clip on YouTube of Tough Enough when he was on it. And... They asked him if he could do a spinneroonie, and he goes, "What's a spinneroonie?" <laughs> oh man! And then fast forward all those years later, hitting the spinneroonie at WrestleMania. It all comes full circle now. But main event of night one, though, we saw for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bianca Belair, the 2021 Royal Rumble winner, picking up the victory over Sasha Banks to become the new champion. Uh. From the start, there was just so much emotion out there. You could see it on both of their faces. Yeah, I mean, it looked like from the start that um, that Bianca Belair wanted to cry. Yeah. Like, right from the start, just taking it all in, you could see that she wanted to cry, and you could see Sasha Banks kind of, like, appreciating it. Uh, Bianca Belair catching Sasha Banks on that suicide dive and then walking up the steps with the, the press. Dude, into the ring, I thought it was awesome. Incredible. Um, yeah, I liked was, Sasha Banks using Bianca Belair's hair to reverse the Shining Star Press. Mm-hmm. The the inside cradle deadlift squat suplex, whatever you would call it, was was pretty awesome from Bianca Belair. Yeah, you had you even even had the part where Sasha Banks had the the hair whipped right into the side, and then she had that mark yeah. on the side of her body. Which is still there. Yeah, um, insane. But I also, even that the, the double tornado springboard DDT that Sasha Banks did mm-hmm. was good. But yeah, that that they had the, the hair mark and then uh, the kiss of death to, to pick up the victory. Yeah, it was an awesome, really awesome match. The crowd was hot behind it the entire time. Uh, Bianca Barrelaire picking up the victory. And what was cool is like, She's just celebrating and crying, and it's it's really cool. Usually, I hate it when people cry. You know, like I in wrestling, like they're, like Victoria. 
I hated it because I think after every damn match, she would end up crying. And it got so annoying because it seemed so fake. But with Bianca Belair, it was all genuine and it was amazing. And what I liked the most is there was a video out there. I don't know if you saw this of yeah, Sasha Banks Sasha on the Banks. outside. Yeah, it was incredible. Like you see Sasha Banks on the outside just smiling and watching Bianca Belair up there. And then you see the videos of, of I think, Bailey. Bailey put out there or someone. Yeah, yeah Bailey uh, with the Iconics, Asuka. Yeah, with all of them just standing there watching this take place. And it's such a huge appreciation. I'm so happy that uh, um, Ford was able to get out there too. Who? Montez. Oh, Montez Ford. I was like, who? I was like, Penelope Ford. What? <laughs> <laughs> Threw me for a loop for a second. The door has been broken down. <laughs> uh, no, like, moving I'm, over I'm happy to... that Montez Ford was able to actually go out there after the can- uh, the candles. After the but we didn't started. see that. Yeah, we didn't get to see that part, though. Yeah. Um, which I thought was funny. She uh, she got scared when he when he got in the ring. I didn't see that. Yeah, he slid in, and she, I guess, didn't recognize that it was him at first. <laughs> That's funny. That's gonna. I could only imagine that they're probably gonna have a little oh, documentary 100%. on this. Yeah, and that's where this is gonna go into there. Uh, night two, though, we saw Ashlyn Craft perform "America the Beautiful," uh, who's she's dubbed the new voice of country music. Oh, so naturally, I wanted to see some sort of backstage segment with her and Jeff Jarrett. That did not happen. But Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan opened up the show and came out dressed as pirates, which I absolutely mark the hell out for. Because for how many years now have I been trying to be a background pirate? <laughs> um, I'm still waiting for Disney to give you the call. Yeah, but I feel like they did more as hosts on night two than night one. Um, I don't know. First match of the evening saw Randy Orton pick up the victory over The Fiend. Randy Orton in a rare white trunks attire. Uh, the Fiend's entrance was really cool. Yeah. It started out like in like a tunnel. Yeah, I, I mean the same tunnel that What's-His-Face was in. Uh, the Weekend. Yeah, like similar to that. Yeah, I believe it was the same thing that he was in during his performance. But this tunnel, I love because as if they made it as if the fiend was walking through, was rising up from hell. Because every step he took, he had the flames coming up around him, around him, around him, and then he morphed into himself. Well, Alexa Bliss followed that up with a giant fiend in a box. And now he's just completely normal again. It opened with the diving clothesline from the the box. We got Luke Harper's taunt and a yeah, 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 which like still gave me like goosebumps every time I listen to that clip. I mean, so before, like I totally marked out for this entrance. I love how when he came up, he just dove right on top of him. But the match though. The match. Okay, so right off the bat, we also we can't we have to bring it up. The red spotlight is back. What was your initial take on that? Uh I don't know. I mean, last time we saw this, I believe it was against Seth Rollins, right? I don't know. 
but I mean, this I'm not... match mm-hmm. entrance was great. But you see the fiend go for Sister Abigail. Pyro goes off. Alexa Bliss changed attire. She's up on the box with black gimmick pouring down her face. Orton hits the RKO. The lights go out. Nothing. Disappeared. Nothing happens. I thought the match was just... I can't even... Like, how do we judge it even? We can't. Like, the match was five minutes, six minutes long, but nothing took place. Nothing happened in that match for me to be able to even talk about it. I thought that a lot took place. Nothing took place to me. I don't know. For me, I thought it was a it was it was a a good. uh, It just didn't make any sense to me. How did how did the fiend go from being completely burnt to completely normal? Superpowers. He's the fiend. It just made no sense to me. I am totally fine with that. He's the fiend. He has he has special abilities. That didn't. I I'm I am able to let go of everything to just lose myself for this character and for him to regenerate into his older form. I'm cool with that. I'm totally fine with that. The match itself I liked. It was a constant pursuit as we always see with the Fiend, a constant pursuit where But just Randy an Orton... RKO does him in? Come on. Okay, the RKO aspect with one RKO, I you know, not too happy with. But I'm not going to harp on that. You know, I think that they still did a good job. I like that reversal of the, the RKO the first time where he reversed it into the Mandible Claw. Yeah. Um, and then the end of the match, like you made mention to, you had him lose to the one RKO, even though this is the same guy that kicked out of multiple moves already. Um, I am okay with all of this. At first, I was really pissed. I was really upset because I'm like, like all I can't of, like, even get pissed at it. Like, literally, nothing happened for me to even have emotion towards it. So that's the thing. I, I I don't get. I don't understand that. But I know a lot of fans were upset and angry and everything like that. Angry. I the main angry, event was sponsored I, by Snickers. Yeah, right. I understand it because so my perspective of my take on this entire fiend character is that they view it. As if it's a horror movie. As if it is um, a horror movie with Jason and being the being um, chasing down the prey and everything like that. I totally get it. I understand it. I see where they're coming from with all of that. It's kind of like with any horror movie. Originally, you have the, the motive. Why did it get started? What is the spark with how this is getting going. Then after that, you have the chase. You have the chase of the fiend going after Randy Orton, the mind games, the mind games. You don't know what's going to happen. The mind games, the chase. And then Randy Orton stands up. And then you have, after that, you have the clash. You have the clash of the wrestlers. You have the clash, just like in a horror movie. You have that moment where, um, what's her face in Halloween? No. Never saw it. Yeah, but you know the. Um, oh, never saw it. You know the actress, though. 
She was in um tra- that movie Trading Places or whatever. The um, Jamie Lee Curtis. There you go. Thank you. For Friday something. Exactly. See, you did know it. Crazy. So Friday. Jamie Lee Curtis stands up to Jason. That moment is the same thing as Randy Orton facing the fiend or anyone facing the fiend. And then you have the climax and you have the, the finish of the match. You have the finish, the big moment where Jamie Lee Curtis just, you think that she conquered uh, Michael Myers and, and that is it. And then she picks up the victory and walks away. Everything is good. Randy Orton picks up the victory. Everything is good. And then you have that last moment, that last Boom, that last bang that carries it over into the future. And that's where the lights go off and the lights come back on and the fiend is gone. Alexa Bliss is gone. Just like in the movies, that horror movie guy, Michael Myers, Jason, they're always, they always disappear. And it continues. And it's one of those things where it's difficult to have someone like the fiend pick up the victory. You never see Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy Krueger. They never get the victory. They never get the win. But even though they never get the win, they are always feared. They are always aggressive. They always bring you in to want more. So I get where they are coming from. I appreciate it. So, of course, I would rather him pick up the victory. But that's my mindset about all of that. A big take. (laughs) Yeah. After that, we saw another backstage segment with Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. This time with Eric Bischoff, where Bailey again interrupts them. And um, they basically just kept putting everything over except for Bailey. Yeah, Bailey getting no love. Next match, though, we saw Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retain the tag team championships over Tamina and Natalia. They worked Natalia's knee the whole match. Um, we saw Natalia. Lock the sharpshooter on Shayna. And then Shayna locked the, the Kirafuda clutch on Natalia to pick up the victory. But again, the crowd was just so behind Tamina to where I actually thought they were going to come out as tag team champions. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm still not a big fan of Tamina, period. But I'm happy that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler picked up the victory. And it was next a up. You had, match. huh? Lengthy match. Oh yeah, definitely. Next up, yeah, just a right. Uh, Reggie wasn't there. No, Reginald was on vacation. I believe he said. Yeah. No, he I, said he was sick. Yeah, he was sick. He's sick. Yeah, they said he was. Well, he said he was sick. Right. So that sticks. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had Kevin Owens picking up the victory over Sami Zayn. This match JBL was awesome. JBL on commentary. Yeah, this match was awesome. I think prior to the match, it was awesome. Logan Paul was introduced to a sea of booze. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I liked the match. I thought it was a bit short. I It was short, but I think that it did the job, though. Uh, and I still, I really still have no idea. Like, storyline-wise, I still have no idea why Logan Paul was involved. Yeah, storyline-wise... Not at all. It doesn't make any sense. I Sami Zayn probably didn't even know who Logan Paul was before. I'm this. sure he did. And um, but Sami Zayn basically said Logan Logan screwed him, and then he went to congratulate Kevin Owens, which Sami Zayn yelled at him for, and then 
Logan Paul pushes Sami Zayn. Sami leaves. Logan Paul gets hit with a stunner. Was not the worst looking stunner I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, it was all right, I guess. It was like a snapmare almost, but mm-hmm. it was not. It wasn't the worst stunner. We've seen way worse. Oh, for sure. After this, we saw Matt Riddle scooting around backstage, and he ran into Ranjin Singh and the great Kali. Kali just completely no-selling everything Riddle was saying. (laughs) (laughs) But then Rob Van Dam showed up. We had more weed references. Uh, RVD gave him, uh, I guess RVD has rolling papers, a weed company or something now. Yeah, um, very interesting segment. And then it's funny, like, Kali was able to understand RVD, but he yeah. totally no-sold everything Riddle, you know? Um, but funny segment. It leads, it leads into the next match where Sheamus picks up the victory over Riddle to become the new United States champion. That, I get modified bro kick to finish the match. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, I thought the, the that match was... itself, like I liked the uh, the over the the top rope over overhead belly to belly that Riddle did. Uh huh. And then the white noise from the top rope, which almost ended up being scary. Yeah, that was a good save. Yeah, I I mean maybe because it was wet. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure, but, but that definitely... bro kick, man, right in the middle, he was hitting that springboard moonsault, boom, and he gets busted open from it. Great finish. Yeah, Sheamus definitely saved Riddle on that white noise, though. But that bro kick, I mean, he even drew blood from Riddle. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw a spot with Triple H and Bad Bunny, which I swear to God, I thought it was going to be to announce him as the two uh, WWE 2K22 like pre-order bonus. Mm-hmm. But it was to say goodbye, so he can go on tour, and it was kind of sad. <laughs> I thought it was it was a cool introduction because this was the announcement of Bad Bunny's world tour. Yeah, and it literally his world tour ends as of right now, right before WrestleMania 38. So, oh, but man, goodness. oh man, I would love to rub WrestleMania and uh, his his. Pre-sale and on-sale in the face of everybody who says, who's Bad Bunny? Mm-hmm. He crashed Ticketmaster when his tickets went on pre-sale. And his tickets went on sale today. And people can't get them. It sold out almost instantly. People are reselling tickets that were like 250 bucks for like four grand. Well, that's what happens when you're a future WWE Hall of Famer. Insane, man. But that next tour, up... I can't. That tour is a hundred percent gonna like sell out beyond fast. It's already like you can't get tickets at Barclays Center. You can't get them. The only place I was able to actually see from the from the tour that still had regular standard tickets, not those stupid overpriced official platinum gimmick tickets that Ticketmaster does. Or, or resale tickets was in Canada. That was the only place that I saw left. So Very if you're cool. in uh, Toronto and you want to see Bad Bunny, scoop up your tickets now. <laughs> Next up, you had 
Uh, Apollo Crew is picked with the victory over Big E in the Nigerian drum fight to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Um, Dabakato coming out. Oh, sorry, that is not his name. Well, we first, before that, know. Wale performed Biggie's entrance, and I no. thought yeah. it was bad. Yeah, we didn't even really have to mention it, but I guess. But this match, though, I kind of wish there were more weapons used. Yeah, uh, I think a drum was used once, and it was because one of them got thrown into it. That was we, it. We had a gong used. We did have a gong used. But a yeah, Dabakato, as of right then and there, we only knew him as Babatunde Dabakato from Raw Underground. He was drafted to Monday Night Raw and commentary is like, oh my, who is this? We have no idea who this is. WWE.com had no idea who it was. But when WWE sent out a um, uh, a survey, Dabakato was listed for this match. Alright. But there he helped go. he helped Apollo Cruz win this match and I I I didn't like that part. Really? I, I thought I liked Apollo Cruz being champion, but I didn't like that. Why? I just didn't. I was a big fan of it because to me it was out of nowhere. It was definitely uh, you out didn't, of nowhere. You didn't even see it coming because of the angle that it was that you saw on TV, it was right after the finish, and then right when he landed, boom, Dabakato was right there, and it was perfect. I'm I'm a big fan of it because Cruz is royalty, so why shouldn't he be able to have the biggest and baddest person helping him out? Yeah. After that, we had the Hall of Fame segment. And then the following match was Rhea Ripley picking up the victory over Asuka to become the new Raw Women's Champion. Uh, Rhea Ripley had her entrance played live by Ash Costello, the person who sings the song, which I think the 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 the, the track version is definitely better. I was not a fan of that performance, mm-hmm. but I liked the match. I like that DDT off the apron from Asuka. This match also kind of seemed super short, though. For what yeah. it was. It was like, what, 12 minutes, perhaps? Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. But I think that this was still a really good match. I, I'm very, I like the end of it. The Riptide yeah. coming pretty much out of nowhere. I just, and- I wish that... Asuka had better WrestleMania moments. She's lost every WrestleMania she's been at. And this is the same woman who was undefeated. Right. But And that yeah. streak came to an end at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhea Ripley, though, also a uh, Royal Rumble 2021 runner-up. Also, I believe yeah. she was a runner-up for 2020 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Could be mistaken. No, uh, after that though, we got Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan one more time. That gets cut off by Bailey. Then she had them shoot pyro and fireworks for her, which I loved. And then instead of getting an impromptu match, we got the Bella Twins come out, beat Bailey up. The fans booed them. 
I think maybe people were expecting Becky Lynch for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I was fine with the segment. Yeah. I thought it was fine. No, it was all right. After that, though, they announced WrestleMania Backlash for May 16th. It's now officially not Backlash anymore. It's WrestleMania Backlash. Why? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I don't know why they <laughs> have the inclusion of WrestleMania into that. But the uh, the main event of the evening saw Roman Reigns pick up the victory over Edge, the winner of the 2021 Raw Rumble, and Daniel Bryan to retain the Universal Championship. I don't know if it was planned or not, but Edge and Randy Orton had like matching color gear, which I popped for. I have to think that it was... Has to be, right? Has to be. Yeah. We saw Jey Uso get involved right at the beginning. Edge takes him out with the execution on the steel steps. Um, I like the the dual spear spot where Edge and Roman Reigns ran into each other. Almost immediately followed up by a headbutt from Daniel Bryan to Edge and then to Roman Reigns. We saw Roman Mm -hmm. Reigns put Daniel Bryan through the commentary table here. Edge spears him off the steps. I popped at that that moment. Yeah, that was a really nice spot. Fans booed at the next next moment, I believe, where Edge was doing the the crossface on... Or no, that wasn't. Edge... Daniel Bryan, I believe, was booed when he had locked in the, uh, the yes lock on Edge at one point. But Edge did a... uh, he had the, the cross face on Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan locked in the yes lock. And then they were both like headbutting each other to get off. Like, why wouldn't you want to do as much damage to Roman Reigns as possible? Well, because if he taps out, then who wins? You know? Then it's just you two. Co-champions, first ever. Yeah. But I uh, Edge I, I like the concerto on Daniel Bryan. Jey Uso again gets involved, but he eats his spear. And then Edge eats a spear from Roman Reigns. We get a concerto. Boom. He drags Edge on top of Daniel Bryan. Edge's shoulders are down, which I didn't realize at first. And he pins them both. They had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hands. Mm-hmm. Great match. I'm so happy with the outcome of this match. People were furious. I don't get why people were furious. I thought it was a fantastic finish. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree. I thought that it was a great match. If it ropes you in and you are you don't get the finish that you want, I think it did the Ooh. job. And I think Reigns is <laughs> yeah, the, absolutely. I think that I think that Reigns is the proper winner for this. Yeah, great champion. Yeah, 100%. He has a great gimmick right now. Paired up with Paul Heyman and with Uso, it's great. Yeah, that's WrestleMania, though. Yeah, Ooh. so let's get on to it. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro, which we have a new member of the broadcast team, Adnan Verk. I don't know who he is. He's some baseball guy, I believe. But uh, Byron Saxton says on Monday Night Raw, Corey Graves moved to Raw from SmackDown. Tom Phillips moved to 205 Live. And they announced that Samoa Joe was moved back to the talent roster, which we will get to in a a few moments. 
First match of the evening saw Riddle challenge Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Lashley obviously retained that. Yeah, there was going to be no competition for that. Uh, also, I forgot to even say, new, we're in a new Thunderdome. I liked it. Yeah, the seats were all the way up. To, not the seats. The the screens were all the way up to the entrance stage to where it almost reminded me of like a bigger Madison Square Garden when it had the tunnel entrance. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lashley picks up that victory over Riddle. He attacked him before the match. Is an obvious outcome and a completely one-sided match. Yeah. The only pop... Of the Raw after WrestleMania, perhaps? We saw the return of the Viking Raiders pick up the victory over Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I, I marked for this. You said... I, see, expected. I thought I was expecting them to return. We saw them at WrestleMania during America the Beautiful. I wasn't expecting them. But it's great to see them back as a tag team. I want more from them, though. I need, like, a fierceness from them. Yeah. We need that NXT version. We need the New Japan version of the the, the War Machine back. Mm-hmm. After this, we saw Charlotte make her return and speak about all the things that surfaced as to why she wasn't on WrestleMania. And then she puts the women's division and the fans on notice and she sets herself as the bar. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Rhea Ripley backstage... Uh, being interviewed, she brings up the brutal new order and how she's absolutely ready for Asuka. And then Asuka responds later on. Rhea Ripley versus Asuka ends in a no contest. Hmm. I thought the match here did not work at all. And it ends with Charlotte Flair attacking them both. Charlotte I think Flair's just getting right back in there. That just makes no sense to me. Yeah. The order of this placement here, the placement or whatever, would the pop not have been I mean, obviously there's no fans there, but for the TV crowd, would the pop not have been bigger to have had Charlotte attack them and then cut that promo she cut? Um, which was suppo- which not I mean, I'm not saying supposed to be, but it came across as if it was supposed to be a mm-hmm. pipe bomb-esque promo. Um, it made no sense. Why would you give that away? Yeah. Before she shows up. I, I'm i I'm okay with that. I I'm just right thought it, it should have been reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that match did not work at all. Um, yeah, I don't know what, what happened there. Yeah. We saw Alexis Playground where she spoke about how she didn't need the darkness she could do everything on her own now she doesn't need bray wyatt she introduced her new friend lily which was a doll um and it has a life yes i i liked it i liked her promo where she pretty much discussed how how broken she was and then she ended up finding the darkness and she ended up really feel coming into her own realizing that she doesn't need the fiend yeah, it's kind of like an MCU origin story. Okay, I could see that. I After see that, that, we saw Ms. TV with Maurice. 
Obviously, they put over Ms. and Mrs., which is uh, brand new on USA Network, new season. Yeah, then they moved sure on it. to Bad Bunny, which led to Damien Priest coming out. Miz challenges him to a match. John Morrison tries to step up as well, which I thought was funny. And then they argued. And then Maurice is like, you guys could both literally fight him. So we had a handicap match. Miz and Morrison picking up, I would say surprisingly, a victory over Damian Priest. Priest looks strong the whole match. Maurice gets involved, and then Miz uses the rope to pick up the victory. Hmm. That's what uh, that was a good handicap match there with the the heel victory. Yeah, I definitely agree with you with that one. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax making fun of Mandy Rose for slipping at WrestleMania. Mandy shows up, makes fun of herself, and then slap Nia Jax and Dana Brooke joined in, which leads to the match. Then they awkwardly, like, push her to the ground. Yeah. But it leads to the match. Nia Jax Jax and Shayna Baszler defeating Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke via countout. Nia Jax trips into the ring, which is just so stupid. I hated this. And to make things worse, she slips off the apron as well. I hated this. Why? Like, we get it. She tripped. Yeah. You know, she tripped on the ramp. We get it. We're moving on from it. But there's no reason to put this onto um, Nia Jax to do. It was just so show, so terribly done. Yeah. Dana Brooke and Mandy walk away from the match, though. Why? Mm-hmm. You trying to be champions? You walk away from the match? I didn't yeah, understand I didn't, that. I didn't get why they walked away from the match after that. So uh, the New Day pick up the victory over Elias and Jackson Riker, which they had a uh, promo beforehand. Uh kind of I don't know I kind of just wasn't into it mm-hmm. just yeah. like the match I feel like nothing happened here no I was not into this at all after that though we saw the return of the Firefly Funhouse with the return of Bray Wyatt characters were happy that Alexa Bliss was was gone and it's a brand new start for Bray Wyatt yeah he came back and he He's back to normal. I don't know what is going to happen next, but... Yeah. Um, earlier in the night, we saw the Lashley address where MVP spoke about Bobby Lashley. Lashley wasn't there. He puts over Drew McIntyre. He said if Drew couldn't withstand the pressure of the Hurt Lock, then nobody could, which then you maybe expect Brock Lesnar to come out. Not the case. Drew McIntyre comes out, says he'll get his rematch. Braun comes out, followed by Randy Orton. And then Adam Pearce makes a triple threat match to determine the number one contender. Turns into the main event. Drew McIntyre picks up the victory over Randy Orton and Braun Strowman to become the number one contender. And this match was... Boring. 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 We saw an RKO to Braun Strowman. Drew Why is McIntyre it that hit a, a low claymore to break up the pin, which I I thought was the only good thing about the match? Why is it that everybody else gets a WrestleMania rematch, but McIntyre didn't? 
I don't even need to. Well, because then how do you sell WrestleMania backlash, brother? I well, I mean, you had Ripley and Asuka. Then you had every other rematch take place. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But bigger story. MVP comes out afterwards, and from behind come T-Bar and Mace. Double choke slam and Drew McIntyre. Shocker. Maybe part of the, the Hurt business? Maybe not. We don't know. Maybe they're like the APA. Gotta have I'm, to assume that they're part of it. I'm for that. I agree. Me too. A lot of people complained about that. I thought that was a pop of the night. I thought the Viking Raiders were a pop of the night. Overall... Yeah. Not really a WrestleMania, a Raw after WrestleMania feel. I agree. It definitely wasn't Raw after WrestleMania. Um, but it was still entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I still no, liked it. No, I'm not going to agree with that. Yeah, Definitely not going to agree with that. There was, I thought Raw was terrible. I don't know. I found it still entertaining. I really thought it was, ter- I thought it was terrible. But... We're going to take a quick break really quickly and hear a word from our sponsors. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. You get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my more 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 530. Go to 
manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. You can get t-shirts, get their, their trimmers, some scissors, a travel case I'm sure is up there as well, some deodorant. Pick get it up. Get everything. Absolutely. Use that code REGARDLESS. Save Save some money. Yeah, do it up. Moving over to Tuesday nights, the first official Tuesday NXT opens up with Karrion Cross saying that he's in command of NXT until he says so. And then he told everybody to step up if they want the title. It does not matter who you are. I think I was expecting somebody to step up then. Yeah, and unfortunately nobody stepped up at that moment. After that, we saw MSK defeat Killian Dane and Drake Maverick to retain the tag team titles. MSK heavily booed in this match. Yeah. Confused me. I don't know. I, what confused, well, didn't confuse me. I am just waiting for Dane to turn. So. After the match, we had Alexander Wolf show up, and then Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, jumped Killian Dane. And later on, we had a promo from Walter saying that Imperium will grow. That sends fan theories will Imperium run both NXT and NXT UK. I would be a fan of that. I think the big question that I want to know is, do you think Dane is going to join them? It seems like he could be. I mean, I think it's very possible. They showed post-NXT TakeOver footage of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, where they were both being carted off to ambulances, and Adam Cole was just like, he was lying back on the board. He couldn't uh, actually see Kyle O'Reilly, I believe. He was strapped in. Just mm-hmm. yelling his head off at Kyle O'Reilly, who could not seem to care at all. Mm-mm. I thought it was funny, but maybe this means like maybe Adam Cole has lost it. Maybe it's like his like turning point where he snaps into like huh. a more like psychotic break sort of sort of character. Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. A Joker-esque moment? That that seemed kind of like Joker-esque to me when he was yelling at him and Kyle just couldn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh. Next match, we saw Mercedes Martinez defeat Jesse Kamea, which spawned from a segment earlier on where Robert Stone was trying to get Aaliyah a, uh, and, and Jesse Kamea a tag team title shot, only to have Mar- Mercedes Martinez show up. Mercedes Martinez show up. For uh, her money that Robert Stone owned her, owed her. And she got that money. Yeah, and uh, Jesse Kamea controlled most of this match, but it was quick. Didn't last long. And Martinez attacked Robert Stone afterwards, and he gave her that money. Yeah. And then she puts Raquel Gonzalez on notice. Next up, you got we- Santos. Yeah, Santos Escobar spoke about winning the... Uh, what, what, what do you call it again? Cruiserweight. Uh, ultimate? Not ultimate. The Cruiserweight Championship. Undisputed? Yes, Undisputed. Jesus. 
And he spoke about stealing the show at TakeOver and then issued an open challenge to which was answered by Kushida who picks up the victory over Santos Escobar to become the new champion. Completely unexpected. Yeah, nobody expected a title change during this event. And it was a great match. Yeah. I liked the line tamer that Santos Escobar did on the steps. Mm-hmm. But we got a reversal pin into a re- reversal pin into a reversal pin for the, the win. And I, I'm a fan of it. I like the reversal pin into the win. We saw William Regal congratulate him, which gets cut off by Jordan Devlin, who said that he's going to be eventually coming for Kushida, but in due time because he's going home. So just not now. Mm-hmm. But perhaps we'll see Legato Del Fantasma move to Raw or SmackDown. Um, I don't know. I don't think yet. I, I don't, think we'll see. So I think we're going to see a few undisputed members go up before them. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, we saw a, a segment with had... Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa basically did most of the talking here where he claimed that they're a stronger unit and ready for the new NXT. We got a new logo, by the way. New graphics and everything. Cool Ciampa logo. puts M- MSK on notice, but it doesn't really seem like Timothy Thatcher cares. So maybe we will see Timothy Thatcher eventually also join Imperium. Mm-hmm. We saw Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai come out to celebrate Raquel's victory. She puts over Dakota Kai. And then we see the debut of Frankie Monet. She just introduced herself. She said that she's the top of the division just to introduce herself to the the women's division and NXT. So it is confirmed Taya Valkyrie is 100% Frankie Monet. (laughs) Yeah. And I also like she tweeted out... um, Somebody was complaining on Twitter and she quote tweeted it and said, like, I picked the name. So, hello, like, yeah, I like the name. And she yeah, picked she... Monet because the artist, Claude Monet. Yeah, and, and I thought Frankie, that was pretty she cool. She likes the uh, unisex uh, names. Yeah. Um, but then in that segment, Frankie Monet leaves. Rhea Ripley comes out. To celebrate Raquel's victory. And then Bianca Belair comes out to celebrate. It was a cool moment that I don't... I don't think they ever teamed up on NXT TV. But they used to team on on live events. Mm -hmm. So it was a cool moment for them. They got their, their photograph. Dakota Kai, though, where she just, like, disappeared. She's left in the dust. I think she had to. I mean, they had that picture of the trio. Kai was in the net. Right. Uh, After that, we saw Pete Dunne. Also, by the way, um, if I'm not mistaken, all the the champions are are from the Mae Young Classic. Mm -hmm. I think even Kaylee Ray. But Pete Dunne spoke about being the best technical wrestler again, and he challenged anyone from any brand to step up, but he also wants gold, so that's probably him putting 
Carrying Cross on notice? I don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out soon. Uh, but William Regal put over the debuting uh, or the debut of Saray, which happens next week. And then he dealt with Roderick Strong and Marina Shafir. Roderick Strong hands in what looks like guess to be a letter of resignation. And William Regal says that he's welcome back in NXT at any time. I don't know if that's the end of Roderick Strong in NXT. I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, I think he's going to end up on Raw. Or SmackDown or just Raw? I think just one brand. Just Raw. I could use... No, I said or SmackDown, not end SmackDown. Yeah. You so confidently said Raw. Yeah. But after that, we saw, or earlier in the night, I should say, they aired a, um, a, uh, a promo video for Isaiah Swerve Scott, which I liked the feel of it. It was something that we haven't really seen on NXT programming or even WWE programming before. It was a cool feel. Leads into his match later on. Isaiah Swerve Scott picks up the, the, the victory over Leon Ruff. It was a good fast-paced match, which I thought, Leon Ruff kind of needed the victory here. And I was yeah. hoping that they would maybe move on, but Swerve was being interviewed. Leon Ruff attacked him and said that it's over when he says it's over. So I went from thinking Leon Ruff needed that victory to being like, oh, oh, hell yeah. Now he does it. He didn't need that victory because he's pissed and he's fired up and this is going to go until he says it's over. So I thought that was a cool aspect of it. Yeah, next up you had a Zoe Stark interview. Yeah, she wants the title. Mercedes Martinez interrupted it and said that she's next. Called Zoe Stark a nobody and then Stark challenged her to a match. I believe that's taking place next week. And then the main event of the evening saw the first ever intergender eight-person tag. Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Dexter Loomis, and Bronson Reed Reed teamed up to take on and defeat The Way. This match was so much fun. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart taking on Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae trying to stop Dexter Loomis. uh, Or Bronson Reed, actually. And uh, failing. Um, Candace also stopping Dexter and Indy from kissing. Very unfortunate, you know. But two, Dexter, they're, they're meant meant to be together. Dexter Loomis locked Johnny Gargano in silence, and Indy Hartwell kicks him very softly and falls to the mat. Theory kicks him before he gets to pick her up or anything, and she gets pissed off, and she throws Austin Theory out of the ring, and I thought that was great, and she falls to the mat again. Loomis walks off with her, and she gives that wink and a thumbs up. That was a fantastic cameras cut, viewing everything, portion, segment. I thought it was great, and then Ember Moon hit the eclipse off of uh, Bronson Reed to pick up the victory. 100% agreed. It was so much fun, and the intergender wrestling aspect of that was just a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Next week on NXT, Kyle O'Reilly will be back. Uh, So we'll see what he has to say. But 
a day goes by and another day goes by, we're at Thursday. Last year, April 15th was Black Wednesday. This year, it seemed to be dubbed Black Thursday. WWE announced uh, a bunch of releases. The Iconics, Mickey James, Samoa Joe, Kalisto, Chelsea Green, Wesley Blake, Tucker, Bo Dallas, and Mojo Rawley. Hopefully that's it. As of now, that seems to be it. But, yeah, man, that was like gutting and surprising and everything. Samoa Joe is apparently still not cleared by WWE to wrestle, which makes that press release gimmick for the the new Raw commentator just kind of bizarre. And I Mm -hmm. think Samoa Joe is like way better of a commentator than this guy has been so far, which is just one Raw. Going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, man. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. You know, there's, I mean, there's some of the cuts... Some of the cuts made sense. Some of them didn't. Like, you know? I just, wherever everyone ends up, I hope I get to see them. I yeah. wish I could be in the building when the Iconics show up again together, if that happens. I don't know what's going to happen with Tucker. I don't know. You know, I don't think that he's all that good. I could see him showing up on AEW Dark, though. Maybe Chelsea oh, Green, unfortunately. Good, what are you talking about? Tucker's great. Chelsea Green, unfortunately, got hit with the injury uh, stick. Yeah, but she definitely has an open door to Impact Wrestling, and I feel like she's got an open door to AEW as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalisto, it went from us wanting to see Rey Mysterio versus Kalisto to me, at least, wanting to see Rey Phoenix versus Kalisto. Mm-hmm. We have said since day one, since the first time we saw Samurai Del Sol, we have said how great of a wrestler he is. So it just sucks. Mickey James, too. I don't know, like, uh, uh, 100% a future Hall of Famer for WWE. Of course. I think that they'll, they'll just sign her to a Legends contract. I don't even know what, I don't, I don't know. We literally saw her do commentary for, for TakeOver. Well, we just saw Samoa Joe do commentary yes, for WrestleMania. WrestleMania commentary where he stood out there in the poncho and the, the thunderstorm, the lightning oh, which storm. Which is, Billy Kay just had a WrestleMania match. Yeah. You it's, know? Uh, kind it, of mind-blowing. I mean, it, it always it always sucks, but unfortunately, cuts do happen. And now we're, uh, our picture of the week says thank you in regards to WrestleMania and how it felt for the fans to be back. But... After we had all these releases this week, I just want to say thank you to to all of them. Mm -hmm. I'm such a fan of the Iconics. And it came out today that Kevin Dunn just didn't get it. And that's why Billy Kay, at least, was gone. Are you kidding me? Like, the fans go crazy for them. It just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on from that 
to NXT TakeOver, not NXT TakeOver, NXT UK, really quickly. Nathan Fraser picks up the victory over Saxon Huxley. We saw a Supernova Sessions with Gallus, which turns into a brawl with The Hunt. Isla Dawn picked up the victory over Amelia McKenzie. Mako Satamora backstage accepts Aoife Valkyrie's challenge, so I'm assuming maybe next week we'll see that match. Jack Stars picked up the victory over Ashton Smith. Um, Piper Niven has been training him ever since they randomly tagged a few weeks ago, so he's been on this like hot streak. And then former champ, not champions, former tag team partners, Kenny Williams picks up the victory over Amir Jordan in that episode of NXT UK. Nothing really like no aside from the Aoife Valkyrie thing. I feel like there wasn't any like fallout from Prelude, which is weird. And then moving over to SmackDown, this did not feel like a SmackDown after WrestleMania thing. And I guess that's not going to be a thing going further. No, definitely SmackDown that you could have skipped and it would have been okay. Well, I don't know. I enjoyed SmackDown so much more than I did Monday Night Raw. I thought this this SmackDown was great. Mm -hmm. Well, not great, but good. Pat McAfee joins the commentary team to form... Jeez. Commentary team, former NXT superstar Pat McAfee. But it opens up with Roman Reigns speaking about WrestleMania. And he said, Nobody's on his level. Nobody could step up. Nobody's going to step up next. And then Cesaro comes out. Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, and Paul Heyman just left. It leads to a backstage segment where Cesaro spoke to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville and challenges. Roman Reigns to a match. They go talk to Paul Heyman later on. Paul says it's going to be Cesaro versus Jey Uso in the main event. First match of the evening saw Rey Mysterio pick up a victory over Otis, which I thought was a typical match. Uh, Rey Mysterio pinned Otis with a crucifix pin that perhaps might have been supposed to have been a a crucifix driver of sorts. Mm-hmm. But that feud, I'm sure, will continue on. We saw Sami Zayn come out, yell about Logan Paul and how Logan Paul's mind has been poisoned by Kevin Owens. And he called Kevin Owens out, which turns into a match. And Kevin Owens picks up the victory over Sami Zayn via countout. It starts with some cat and mouse stuff from Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens catches him. Uh, but he also kept es- escaping Kevin Owens. And then I think, I I mean, I have to assume this is going to continue, right? Probably. We had uh, Kevin Owens go after him after the match, hits him with a stunner. Backstage, yeah. Apollo Crews spoke about WrestleMania and introduced us to Commander Aziz, the new name of Daba Kato. And he spoke about hitting the Nigerian nail on Big E. So that's his new name. Then we had a victory party for Bianca Belair, hosted by the Street Profits. Uh, Street Profits used the term spring cleaning in their promo, which I didn't, uh, I didn't think that was right. I, don't, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But Bianca Belair just she literally just celebrated her victory. I was expecting somebody to come out and like 
challenge her or something. But afterwards, we saw Sasha Banks interviewed. She gets kind of pissed off, walks off. Then we see Bailey step up, makes fun of Bianca Belair, and lays out the challenge. So perhaps WrestleMania Backlash will see Bailey versus Bianca Belair. Tag Team Championships on the line. Dirty Dogs picked up the victory over the Street Profits to, to retain the titles. Um, first of all, that terrible Dirty Dogs theme song that debuted in like February wasn't used. And it was Ziggler's downstate theme. So I'm so thankful of that. Mm-hmm. But I like the match. I thought there were a, a decent amount of false finishes here. No, not too many. I like the end of the match with the zigzag. Yeah, that blind tag and zigzag I thought was great. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw Natalia pick up the victory over Shayna Baszler. Nia Jax and Tamina both got involved. We saw Nia Jax end up distracting, basically distracting Shayna Baszler by mistake. Quick roll-up to win. I feel like that might be Natalia's like third finisher. All right, Maybe. Nia Jax went after Natalia afterwards, but Tamina hits a super kick on her so that uh, maybe they will be the next tag team champions. WrestleMania backlash, we'll see. Come May. And then the main event of the evening saw Cesaro pick up the victory over Jey Uso via disqualification. Prior to the DQ, which was uh, Seth Rollins attacking Cesaro during the, the swing. I thought it was a, a really good match. I was really enjoying it. I, I definitely agree. I thought that it was a good match, and I think Uso is really coming to his own as a singles wrestler. Absolutely. Uh, next week, I guess we'll find out. I can only assume that WrestleMania Backlash will be Cesaro versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Yeah. But that's SmackDown. But, yeah, that is SmackDown, Brandon. And, Brandon... Let's get into your shout-outs. This is Yoda, and listening to Brandon's shout-outs, you are. The first shout-out goes to WrestleMania After Dark with RJ City. It aired on YouTube and maybe Peacock on uh, the night after... Not the night after. After night one of WrestleMania. And I thought it was fantastic. I guess that's going to be the last thing Billy Kay does in WWE for now. Um, but if you have not checked out WrestleMania After Dark with RJ City, I would definitely highly suggest checking that out. Uh, the next shout-out goes to The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story, which is on Hulu. And it's about the history of the Nickelodeon network and... Uh, as like a theme park attraction. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to go back or to, to watch this and, and remember everything from our childhood, mm-hmm. Nickelodeon-wise. And I just wish I had more pictures from Nickelodeon Studios from when I was a child. Uh, and then the last shout-out goes to Shameless. The series finale aired this week, and I'm... So sad to see it go. I started watching the show at the start of season three in 2013, which like, I can't even believe it was that many years ago already. 
You ever watch Shameless or not really? No, right? No, I never got into it. I randomly watched the first episode of season three, and I have no idea why I watched it even. And I was like, yo, this is, I'm like highly entertained by this show. And I immediately, I, I think I might have stopped mid, mid show because I, I don't know if I like thought it was like a new show or whatnot. I don't remember how, what happened, but I, I think I stopped it and immediately went and binge watched seasons one and two in like three days. Wow, that good. And then I was caught up and I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm a hundred percent going to miss this show. So, thanks for the memories. <laughs> Those were my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Mark-out moment of the week! That is right, our mark-out moment of the week. Um... WrestleMania week, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon announced the first ever official certified super fan. That being uh, Vladimir, who is going to have a WWE documentary coming this summer about him. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And he's probably like the most recognizable fan if you watch wrestling in the past 30 plus years. And, uh... I met him at Madison Square Garden when they were there for for Raw and SmackDown in 2019. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a genuinely nice guy, and I can't wait to watch this. I think it's really cool. Yeah, that that is really nice. Um, I think Bad Bunny hitting the 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 Bunny Destroyer at WrestleMania was was really awesome. No, I mean today on Channel 11 they had an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, so I marked out over that because I'm a huge Austin mark. What is he promoting? Uh, straight up. They were doing the straight up Steve Austin promo. And then they were also, he was putting over uh, his new beer. He has a new beer coming out. Because I saw people, I saw other people were doing press with Stone Cold, but I didn't know why he was doing press. Oh, it was because of the AE, AE, uh, A&E biography. Oh, yes, that's it. You're right. Okay, right. Which airs next Sunday. Uh, also leading into the uh, artifact show, the memorabilia show. Yeah. Um, but I also, speaking of Stone Cold Steve Austin, definitely marked out for Chris Jericho on Broken Skull Sessions. I still have to watch it. It it just like goes to show you how much Vince McMahon doesn't care about AEW. I don't think it's not he doesn't care about AEW. He just doesn't see them as, it, it, he doesn't see competition. Right. Jericho mentioned that as well. Yeah, it's not that he doesn't care about AEW or that like anything with them. It's just he doesn't see them as competition. It was interesting to hear Stone Cold talk about guys. I mean, we've heard him talk about guys from New Japan and AEW before, but it was just interesting to hear him talk about those guys on the WWE Network via Peacock. Uh huh. He even referred to Bubba Ray Dudley as Bully Ray, which I was like, wait, what? I thought that was cool. Um, and then also Dan Housen being on Conan's podcast this week was out of left field. And, and it was cool because Conan was kind of marking out the whole interview. Conan O'Brien? Yeah, it was. They, Conan's got like a, a new uh, version of his podcast that he's doing, which is uh, Conan Meets Fans or whatever. 
Uh huh. So he was interviewing fans. He interviewed he interviewed Danhausen. That's so weird. Yeah. Did he do it in character? He did not. He interviewed Donovan, and he spoke about Danhausen the character, and Conan was just eating it up. So. Oh, that sucks. It was really cool though. But yeah, it was still cool to hear Conan mark out over that. So. Yeah, I would have. I, I would have been all over this if he was in character. Yeah. Well. It was just an audio podcast. I don't believe there's video. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, that's our mark out moment of the week. And that is episode 532. Check us out, com. Follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut, at Chris Sweendog, at DaveTheRave underscore M-O, at BTTG161, also on Instagram at that handle, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, that's our Instagram as well. ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Twitch.tv slash MarkingOut. MarkingOut.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and more. That's where you could listen to it. Leave a review. Five-star review. We're not going to beg, but maybe leave a review. Yeah, please, please, please. we wish you the... the... Also, I hope if you went to WrestleMania, you went and got tested for COVID upon your return. I saw somebody was uh, tested positive and they went to a bunch of WrestleMania events. So hopefully they're fine and hopefully everybody else is fine. I did see an increase in COVID activity in Tampa, but we wish you the The best. Yeah, best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.